everybody, and welcome back to Opera Offstage. I'm Jesse, And I'm Michelle. It is finally November, and it is still not a very easy season for any of us. And so we here at Opera Offstage would like to remind you to please take care of yourselves. 2020 has been a hell of a year for all of us, and it's so important especially as we head into winter and everything, that you continue to check in with yourself and make sure you're not pushing yourself too hard and that you are eating and sleeping and drinking water. And as simple as those things seem, it can be really, really difficult. So please, please take care of yourselves. This episode also comes out on November 3rd, which if you are one of our American listeners means that it is the day to go vote if you have not already. It is incredibly important that you go and vote. And I... Once again, I understand that for some of us, it feels like, does it matter, especially if you live in certain areas? I live in the South, for example, (laughs) but it is still incredibly important that you go out and you make your voice heard as much as you can and that you continue to advocate even past the election. So please go out and vote today if you haven't. And if you need resources, please reach out. Um, We'll connect you with somebody. In order to get us started off on a happy note, though, because this is a very stressful day for a lot of us. Michelle, why don't you tell me one thing in like maybe the past week or so that has brought you some joy or made your year better? Oh, yes. I love the spirit of Thanksgiving. I think it's so important to take some time, um, even on a daily basis, to just kind of check in with the things that make you feel happy and grateful. And I think one of the things that was just so much fun was this past Friday, we did a little Halloween party on our Discord where we were playing Jackbox games. And if you're not familiar with what those are, they're just like trivia games and there's some drawing games and just general party games. And it was super, super fun. Thank you to everybody who joined us. That was just a lot of fun. And I think that I was kind of missing that experience of just like getting together with friends and just having a good time, like just so low risk and just enjoying everybody's company and laughing together. I just had so much fun (laughs) and I can't wait for us to do more of those types of little mini get togethers on our Discord. Yeah, so if you're not already, please join our Discord. The link for it is in our bio on Instagram, but it is a place where we're going to be hosting our watch parties, and we'll also be doing more game nights and things like that, where it's just a time to meet new people and play silly games. And the Jackpot games especially are very simple to learn. They're very straightforward. They're perfect party games, trust me. We would not throw complicated games at you in this year. (laughs) In this year. But... It's going to be a place where we're going to be hosting and we're going to start opening up conversations and posting memes. It's going to be a lot of fun. So please join us on Discord. It's also a great service to use to connect to your friends to play games. So even if you are concerned about like, should I get this just to join you guys? No, it's incredible to talk to anybody or to keep your friend group in touch or your family. So go check that out. Um, And thank you guys once again for joining the Halloween party. It really was so much fun for us. Yeah, 100%. And Jesse, what's something that you're grateful for this week? I I also, on top of our fun, our super fun Halloween party that we did for Opera Offstage, I also streamed uh, an 8-bit, like a pixel horror game on my stream. And I did a full face of Scarecrow makeup. And (gasps) that's true. She looked very spicy. I love doing Halloween makeup, and I was (laughs) uncertain if I was going to do it this year, and I went to Walgreens, and I picked up the couple of things that I needed to actually do that makeup, and it was actually so much fun to make that look work with so little prep, Um, but I also played, I played a horror game, and if anyone knows me, I'm a huge chicken, so I had a lot of fun just playing games with friends on Halloween, and that, that brought me a lot of joy. 
Yeah. I will miss the spooky season. Although our skeletons at our house stay up year round. We're just putting uh, turkey hats on them for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Christmas hats for Christmas. I love that. Spooky season forever. <laughs> Little hearts for Valentine's Day. We just leave them up. Listen, it's it's an accurate portrayal of this home. We love it. Awesome. So if you guys are new, today's episode is actually going to be a little bit more like our mini-sodes. So shorter in length, but a lot of fun. Our mini-sodes are typically available to our patrons at the $10 level, but you know, it's a stressful week, especially for our American listeners, and we just wanted to do something fun, something short and sweet to get you in a better mood as we kind of you know, head into this week. But also, if this episode isn't enough for you, we are also posting our first YouTube video today. I know I have talked about the YouTube video on a couple episodes now, (laughs) but it is finally ready to premiere. And we're very excited. It's a getting to know you episode. And uh, Michelle and I also apparently get to know each other a little bit better because there were some questions we did not know the answers to about each other. So it's a lot of fun. I had a heck of a time editing that video. So I'd love if you'd go and watch it. But that is now up on our YouTube channel. We also have some new videos up on our TikTok, which is where we post probably our shortest and silliest content. You can see our fun ghost photo shoot that we did while we were in Content Cabin earlier this month. And also the story of how I fell through a bench. There's a bunch of silly (laughs) stuff to come on there. It's a really good time. Our cocktail is up on there as well. So go check out that. That, those are all under opera off stage. Yes. Yes. So let's head into our mini-sode topic. Today we're going to be talking about what Jesse and I would consider overrated characters in opera and overrated couples in operas. <laughs> you want to start us off, Jesse? Yeah, because I have a really, I have a strong opinion about this one character. Lay it on us. So. So I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but one time I got to be in La Boheme. <laughs> and it's, it's partially because I have such strong feelings about the show because I think it's really beautiful. This is also a show I like to take people to if they've never seen an opera before. And so, but here's my thing. Mimi is one of the prettiest characters in terms of like what you get to sing. But she is completely empty. like I don't know how many of you know the term Mary Sue but a Mary Sue is typically a character that anyone could put themselves in their shoes think like Bella from Twilight like it is just an everyman character and that is what Mimi is because she's like she's kind of sultry but she's also very she's uh, not that sultry she's not Musetta and you know she has some interests but she doesn't really talk about them other than maybe the embroidery and she's just kind of going along with what's happening in the story yeah when I was creating my list Mimi's at the top of my list for overrated characters um (laughs) where is the flavor in this woman and even more so than most of our like lead women like Violetta has a character in Traviata she's a courtesan she there, there is, like, desire and also, like, sadness. There's, like, more to her character. I could list interest in, like, her personality. But Mimi, I feel like if you're performing her, you have to bring so much to the table. Yeah, you gotta do a lot of deep diving in, in cra- crafting her character because her character is honestly pretty darn boring. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, to me, when you were talking about Boheme, like, definitely the best thing to do is just be Mazetta. 
best yeah. option for it's you. Just the best. Musetta has so much to her character and how she speaks and what she talks about and like the fact that she is this sultry character, but like her prayer in the last scene. Like there's so much to her that I love, and that's why I think she's like one of the most fun women you get to play as a soprano. Yeah. And I just don't feel like with Mimi you get that. I feel like Mimi really does fit in that whole idea of like she's really there to further highlight the interests of the men in the opera yeah and not so much to her own interest because like rudolfo isn't just in love with her he's also a, a poet whereas mimi is like yeah sometimes i like to embroider flowers and, like the end end of interest <laughs> my entire personality yeah mimi is very 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 vanilla for me which at least we do have some a character like musetta where you're like oh awesome like this is where the interest of the show is some spice you know but yeah, Mimi's not really doing anything for me, uh, character-wise, obviously. I'm, but I mean, her arias are, are pretty beautiful. Oh, um, her music is gorgeous, and that is her redemption. Yeah, exactly. Another really overrated character, which honestly, I wouldn't even really put him in overrated in the overrated category because I think people hate him in general. But freaking Pinkerton from <laughs> Madame Butterfly is honestly probably the worst character in opera for me. I cannot with that man. He, like, I can't even really watch Butterfly because he just is so awful the entire time. Like, I'm so mad just thinking about it. Like, that man freaking sucks. Also, I feel bad because, like, he's a great role to sing, to have as a tenor, but, like, Oh man, this is this is truly uh, just turning into Puccini's history of writing beautiful music for terrible characters. Yeah. Oh, and it's so heartbreaking because you freaking love Butterfly the entire time. She's so sweet and so in love and so innocent. And then Pinkerton just decides to be the worst person at every opportunity he has, and it oh, it drives me crazy. No, but that's the whole thing. Like, it's it's almost hard to watch that and really believe the love story from, like, a modern sense when you watch it. Yeah. It's also, like, uh, you know, Kate, his his American wife at the end, also sucks. Like, literally everybody yeah. is just so emotionally deaf in, <laughs> in that opera besides, like, Butterfly. Yeah, it's just so freaking rough. Like, Pinkerton, zero out of ten. Like, negative five out of ten for me. Yeah, one of one of many things that makes that show hard to watch. Yeah, that's just a very toxic couple. Yeah, definitely as like a a love interest, probably one of the least convincing in terms of like the literal words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. It's also weird. <laughs> also, speaking of overrated, I think we can just kind of lump all of Rusalka. <laughs> <sighs> You're right. I wasn't even going to talk about it. Listen. So I went to New York, and at the Met, I saw Rusalka with a really good friend of mine. And I went in, like, knowing the story, but, like, never having seen or really listened to Rusalka other than Song to the Moon. And I walked out, and I was like, this is a terrible opera. This is a bad opera. Like, I just, the, the whole show is over in the first act. Because at the end of the first act, she says, like, you can tell it's not going to work out. The whole storyline makes it clear it's never going to work out. And even though, like, a lot of operas, we go in knowing that things aren't going to work out because we already know the storyline, the characters themselves still have to have hope. She's hopeless for the next two acts. Yeah. Like, they're literally just singing about the inevitable end for the next two hours. Yeah, it's not working out for me. 
It is a miserable opera. And and honestly, I I love Dvorak's symphonies. I'm not I'm not that into Rusalka music wise. Yeah, it's not really doing anything for me. I don't get the appeal or why people are so into that show. It's because they love Song to the Moon and then they just kind of I think put up with everything else. Song to the yeah, Moon is and- really the only thing to take away from that opera. I'm also kind of just over that aria in general. Dvorak has better music, and I don't think Song to the Moon is really worth it. Yeah. I'd rather hear some of the arias from Vixen in terms of, like, Czech arias than I really would Song to the Moon. Yeah, I would say that that's a hard pass for me. Sopranos freaking love it, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm not like other girls. <laughs> LOL. I'm, I'm not like other <laughs> Check arias. Let me ask you this. This is kind of a spicy thought. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer Marriage of Figaro or Barber of Seville? Oh. Not saying that either of those are overrated, but they are obviously some of opera's most popular little ditties. Let me let me put it this way. I prefer some... This is going to be like a content controversial. I would rather see Marriage of Figaro, but I would rather sing some of the stuff from Seville. Like, aria-wise, I kind of like the stuff from Barbara of Seville a little bit more. But I think the story is a little bit better and, like, the pacing of the drama is better in Marriage of Figaro. Yeah, I I would probably agree with you. Although I think if I lean anywhere on the spectrum between Barbara and Marriage, um, (laughs) I lean a a little bit more towards Barbara of Seville. Yeah. It's just freaking funny. And uh, the music in it is such a bop. Marriage of Figaro is awesome, but it gets a little, like, the plot gets a little too convoluted at points to where it's, like, and that's just Mozart trademarked, you know? <laughs> but like... Absolutely. He's like, what if we gender swapped and we also, you know, character swapped and then we also had people pretending to be other people who didn't know they were other people? <laughs> it's kind of his M.O. Yeah. Yeah, I would also say it, it doesn't help that I've seen more good productions of Marriage of Figaro because it is easier to sing. Yeah, that's true. Um, and easier to pull off dramatically. So I think I'm also, I tilt towards Marriage of Figaro only because I know I'll probably see a good Marriage of Figaro, whereas with Barber, there is always the chance that it's just a miss. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Very, very true. And I think the other like big overrated character for me... Uh, and I, once again, I don't even know if overrated is the right word. It's just like freaking annoying as heck. Is, uh, <laughs> uh, gosh, what's her name? In Othello, it's uh, Desdemona? Desdemona? However the heck you pronounce her name. <laughs> uh, Outing ourselves. I just, I can't freaking stand her. She does not deserve to die. Let's just make that very clear. But, like, it's one of those moments where it's just so incredibly frustrating where, like, Othello. Uh, excuse me i think i just had a stroke othello (laughs) Othello is like going on with his whole little happenings and he's just losing his mind and then she pops up at the absolute worst times to just be like what who me there's an issue why are you blaming this other dude like oh my it drives me nuts it drives me nuts (laughs) ah all right, are you ready for my my big my big opinion? <laughs> what is your big opinion, Jesse? <laughs> Tamino is so overrated. Tamino? Yeah. This is not the big opinion. We're getting there. Oh. <laughs> but Tamino is just like, I don't know, he's just such a like straight up stereotypical like hero prince. boy. Yeah. <laughs> and like is anything really ever that hard for him? He has a trial of silence for like 10 minutes. That's true. And, like, that's it. 
Yeah. Yeah, you, sure. He goes through a bunch of other trials, but not really. Yeah. You if know, anything, was... Pamina's the one who's being tried. Oh, yeah. Pamina's out here doing the most. Tamina's just kind of like wandering around. Just... Pamina gets ignored. Pamina willingly joins him through the trials. Pamina gets told by her mother to kill Zarastro. Like, she's the one going through it. Yeah. Obviously, Pamina is infinitely more enlightened, but... Oh, and she's way more interesting. Yeah. It, it is It is funny. Pamina and Tamino are, are kind of an overrated couple in general, only because, like, I suppose it's a purposeful contrast because you have Papageno and Papagena who are very much this physical, like, passion, passionate love, and Tamino and Pamina are much more of, like, I guess that, like, deep emotional love and like that intellectual oh, love is you know is that how deep emotional love happens when you see a picture of someone without ever having spoken to them <laughs> that's true and then you decide you're in love with them is that is that how deep emotional love happens but i mean I like there's there's tender no love <laughs> there's no passion between them though like besides tamino just like you know thinking between his legs like <laughs> there's nothing really going on between them like there's no big like duet between them where where they're like oh we're so in love like we're enlightened Mm -hmm. now we like earned each other as a as a couple like it's just kind of weird you know what i mean it's it's very i don't know there's no passion pamina pamina should have ended up with papageno that is i you know what when they say their little husband and wife duet i'm like girl why'd you why'd you go with him thank you in like, you any other storyline, when they sang that together, in any other storyline, they would have ended up together at the end. 100%. That's a way better match to me. Oh, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it, it would have worked perfectly because the setup, if you look at the setup, of, welcome to my like deep held feeling about this show. <laughs> Our crack ships. <laughs> it, it really does, though. Like, to me, whenever I watch that show, I was always like, you know... Papageno's like actually by her side for most of this show. They sing the whole little bit about like how much he wants to find a wife. Like he's so endearing. Yeah, they're super sweet together. Yeah. And on top of that, like to me, it fits that very perfect like rom-com narrative of like she thinks she's in love with the jock, but she's actually in love with like his kind of like nerdy best friend. Except for instead of a nerd, he's a bird man. But whatever. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I'm so glad we're on the same page because I definitely, like, even when I was performing Pamina, I was like, why doesn't she end up with Papageno? Because, like, in the whole first act, you're having, like, a heck of a time with Papageno. You know what I mean? And then, like, as soon as you get to Tamino, like, all this drama happens. You got to go under trials. He doesn't even talk to you. It's, like, such a, such a, such an issue. But. (laughs) Well, also, let's just talk about, like, technically speaking, Tamino's complete lack of critical thinking. <laughs> he gets told that, like, he's got to go after Zarastro. He meets Zarastro for all of 10 minutes, and Zarastro was like, Yeah, but what if you join my cult instead? And Tamino's like, You know what? You're right. I should join this man cult. Yeah. I don't and that know. is the beginning and end of Tamino's critical thinking. Whatever someone last said to him, he believes. Mm hmm. Yeah. Definitely an iffy couple for me. I also feel like Cosi Fantute in general, isn't really it for me. I enjoy it, and there's great music, and there's really funny moments in it, but, like, overall, like, the couples in Cozy, like, that opera in general is not really doing it for me. I actually, I love Cozy, and I think I like Cozy even more as I get older, because I think it's even a little bit funnier. 
my only problem with cozy ever is just like the indefinite ending because to me like make leaving an indefinite ending where like the director can kind of choose how they want to portray it just tells me you didn't feel like writing a real ending (laughs) (laughs) that's true well, Despina is kind of like the fun part of of that that opera, and like the main couples are like not doing it for me. I don't. Know. I recently listened to somebody sing Fiordaligi's aria, which the name of the aria itself escapes me, but the one where she's like, "We will maintain our loyalty," you know, "No one can break us apart," mm-hmm. and that one became a lot funnier to me when I really thought about her. Because the thing about Fiordaligi is it's almost always sung by older women. Yeah, because it's such a hard sing and it's such a you know, it's truly a spinto aria if you're going to really pull it off because of how weird the jumps are. Yeah. And when I really thought about it as this 15-year-old girl talking about, like, how love will never tear you apart. And, like, I know that I'm always going to be in love with this person. It's actually very cute and funny and endearing. And so when I take it out of the context that I always see it in, which is, like, obviously I see adults playing those roles. And I really contextualize it as kids kids thinking that their love is going to last forever. It does, it's actually much more endearing and cute and funny. Yeah, like middle school dating. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like your first love in high school and yeah. like truly believe in like nothing will ever separate us. And like when you consider that, the hijinks in it even are more fun and less gross. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. Like the idea that you would dress up as someone else, like it's very, very much like, a, a, like I said, a rom-com in like the ridiculous things that go on to prove love and like prove that the other person wouldn't cheat and you know totally the the uh, i would love to see this done with like the online equivalent of like what would happen today which is like making a fake facebook profile and catfishing your your girlfriend (laughs) incredible oh up my upcoming production (laughs) i love it that actually would work. I'm surprised that you're not roasting uh, Ottavio. Oh, you know, you're right. I should give a complimentary roast to Ottavio. Ottavio's a simp. <laughs> Ottavio is a big old simp. And he just lays around and does whatever Donna Anna tells him to. Uh, he is also a flavorless man. Except for when she tells him what to do and then he does the opposite. Let's just hold up. He doesn't do what she wants until the second half. You know what I mean? She's like, hey, I need you to trust me on this. Don Giovanni's sketch. Like, he's the dude and that did this to me. And Don Ottavio's like, what? There's no way. Are you sure? That doesn't seem right. We shouldn't call him out if we don't know. And she's like, bro, you weren't even there. Like, I know it's Don Giovanni. And it's not until later when he's finally like, oh, okay, I guess I should listen to my wife. So let's just let's just put that out there, okay? He's not he he's he is a simp. He's just like the blandest man and he gives nothing to that show. Like in a room with Don Giovanni, Mazzetto even, Leporello. I mean, like he's just like <laughs> no thoughts, head empty. Donna Anna, <laughs> please tell me what to feel. He knows know. only love and subservience. He is a simp. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he he uh, he is a simp, but <laughs> this is but, like, me roasting love interests from roles Michelle has done. I know, but I love 
I do I do love Ottavio because he, the whole time he is trying to be a good husband. He's not always a good husband. In fact, he's only somewhat of a good husband, like half of the show. But like he is the epitome of just like out here trying his best. But he, that is a character where it's like if you play that role, it's like me, me. You're not working with a lot. Although I would say there's even less to work with with uh, Ottavio. <laughs> like you really got to. Make some character choices for him. Dalla Suapache, though, is very pretty. Like, once again, it is saved by the fact that, like, it has such a beautiful aria connected to the role. Mm-hmm. Because I would say that is the most flavor you get from that man. <laughs> you have to bring so much to that character in the rest of his his stuff. Because, like I said, otherwise he really does just seem like this subservient know-nothing. Yeah, his one big claim to fame is when he draws the gun at the end of Act 1. Mm-hmm. He's got a size up Don Giovanni. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you really are coming yeah. after all of my love interests. All right, I see you. Yeah, but he has Dalla Su Apache and Il Mio Tesoro, and like those are great arias. So, <laughs> well, to the rest of us, I think tenors think otherwise. <laughs> but I like well, listening yeah. to them, I think they're pretty. I think they're pretty. I, I actually like those arias. Yeah. But anyway. So you're saying you like Mazzetto better than, than Ottavio? I mean, that's hard for me to say. I, I don't necessarily like the character more, but I think, once again, I have a firmer grasp on who Mazzetto is. Like, he's jealous. Like, I, I can tell... I, I get more from him than... He has his own personal wants. And that's always the thing that makes a character and a person real, is when they have their own wants separate from the person they love. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, they suffer from the same thing that poorly wit- written women do, which is, like, all they do is serve to act as, like, a flashlight onto the actual character the writer wants to talk about. And that's the problem with Otavio is, like, he suffers from that exact thing. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's why we should all just be <laughs> Don Giovanni. <laughs> no! Except not. <laughs> Everyone gets to be Leporello. It's nothing but Leporellos all the way down. I know. Leporello really is the best character in that opera. And I will not be taking any (laughs) criticism um, at this time. It's just objective. He really is the best character. You get everything you would want out of a character from him. So those are some of our most overrated characters in opera. And maybe one of our most overrated operas. But... I would love to know how you feel. If you if you disagree with me, if you want to come defend Mimi or Ottavio's honor or tell me that I'm wrong about <laughs> the objective stands. truth that Papadino and Pamina should be together, but we'll we'll uh, we'll throw up a question on our Instagram and so please let us know what your thoughts are, what your most overrated characters, couples or operas are. I would love to hear about it. I love to hear how people feel about especially classic shows. And you can do that on our Instagram, which is at Opera Offstage. We've also got a Twitter and a Facebook, also at Opera Offstage. Our YouTube is up now, so go check out that video. And so is our TikTok. So you can find us all over the place. But if you don't want to reach us on our socials, we've also got a website, opera-offstage.com. Yep. Take care of yourselves this week, folks. And uh, go vote. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.